I love how Henry Asawa Tanner depicts the moment that Mary interacts with the angel in his painting, The Annunciation. You can actually see this painting right down the road at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Tanner, who was the first internationally acclaimed African-American painter, he portrays this messenger, this angel, as light. And Mary is there in her humble room absorbing it all. She's perplexed. You? Here? Why? We might ask the same question. Because this story is unlike any story we've seen before. In fact, there are other stories in the Bible of people being told that they will have children, but this one is unique. You see, unlike other stories, Mary has not asked for a child. She's likely 15 to 20 years old, and though she's engaged to Joseph, she is not yet with Joseph. While her cousin Elizabeth, who is aging, would also become pregnant, that would have been providence for Mary becoming pregnant. As an unmarried young woman, that could be a problem. In his gospel, Luke wants us to see something incredible about this Christmas story. See, God is doing something new. The Spirit of God, by the power of God, will make this happen with Mary She'll have a son, the angel says. And this son will be the son of God, Jesus. God in flesh, our rescuer, our deliverer, our hope. Personally, as the parent of twin one-year-olds and a four-year-old, I think in this moment, I think, oh, Mary, it's going to be some work. (laughs) It's going to be hard. I mean, today we have support networks and modern medicine and and sound machines and these zip-up sleep suit things that we can put our babies in so they are warm and safe and unable to climb out of their crib. Mary gets a manger. And personally, as the son of a single mom who found out that she was pregnant when she was a teenager, I know that the road will be hard for Mary. People will whisper. Joseph will have questions. And so we encounter this story and we wonder how Mary might react to this good news. To God's desire to use her and bring forth the Savior of the world by the power of the Holy Spirit through her. The writer, Frederick Buechner, imagines this story from the perspective of the angel Gabriel. He writes this. Mary struck the angel Gabriel as hardly old enough to have a child at all, let alone this child. But he'd been entrusted with a message to give her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named, who he was to be, and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. You mustn't be afraid, Mary. He had said. And as he said it, he only hoped that she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings, he himself was trembling with fear to think that the whole future of creation hung now on the answer of a girl. But Mary responded to the angel in Luke 1.38 by saying this, Here I am, servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Mary said, yes. Lord, let it be according to your word with me. I will follow. 
I will be who you've called me to be. Yes. Have we said yes to the new things God wants to do in us? On this Christmas morning, do you say yes? Yes, here I am. I will join in in your work. Here I am. Servant of the Lord, make me more like you. Use me to be an instrument of love and justice in the world. Use me to be the very presence of Christ in our community. Shape me. Rescue me. Redeem me. Here I am. In the Bible, only two angels are ever given names. Gabriel and Michael. Gabriel shows up here and only one other place. It's also in the New Testament, just right before here in the book of Luke. It's Gabriel who speaks to Zechariah. But in the Jewish tradition, Gabriel was a familiar name. According to what was commonly believed, Gabriel was the name of the angel that stood guarding the Garden of Eden. See, after humanity was expelled from the Garden in Genesis, because they disobeyed, because they rejected God. Jewish tradition says Gabriel was the one who stood between humanity and the garden. That Gabriel might be this symbol between humanity living in the world of darkness and death and the way things are supposed to be, the way things were meant to be, the way of the garden. There was no pain or death or selfishness, no failure to love. So I believe it is no accident that Luke tells us this angel is Gabriel that shows up to Mary. See, the one who was there when we were separated from God is here to announce that a Savior is coming to make things right and unite humanity back with God in the person of Jesus. There's this piece of art that I love. It's made by Sister Grace Remington. She's a nun from an abbey in Iowa. And here we see Eve. Eve, who along with Adam turned from God like all of us can, turned inward like all of us do, and thought that perhaps there would no longer be hope for a future. Hope for the world to be right again. Hope for what they had lost. And in this image, Eve meets Mary touches her belly, and knows that hope has come. Christmas is the surprising answer to the question of a hurting world. Pastor and writer Fleming Rutledge tells this story about driving in a town she wasn't very familiar with, and her navigation had sent her in a way she didn't know. It was an industrial part of town, but it looked like it had been totally abandoned. There were no streetlights. It was late at night. It was cloudy. The darkness was oppressive. Perhaps that's how you feel in your life now sometimes, right? Where am I? How did I get here? Where am I going? Is all that I see darkness. She says, then she saw in one of the windows up high in a building a little string of Christmas lights. Someone, in what seemed like an act of defiance, had strung these little lights in this little window Surrounded by darkness. 
She almost asked the light, what are you even doing here? You don't belong here. And yet this is the story of Christmas of God. It is among shepherds, feeding trough, Christ is born to Mary, the Son of God, among the poor, the cast aside, the brokenhearted. No darkness is too dark. No town is too backwater. No person is too much of a nobody. No circumstance is too difficult. For God is at work. And God is at work among you and me. As the angel says, nothing is impossible for God. So perhaps it's right and good for us to ask God, how? How might you use someone like me? How might you redeem someone like me? How might you give purpose and promise to someone like me? Perhaps more dangerously, we might ask God, how might you upset my schedule, my plans, my expectations? Perhaps we ask the same questions Mary asked. God, you're here with me? Why? I will tell you, God is with us. God is with you because you are loved. As the theologian Karl Barth once said, God wills to belong to us and God wills that we should belong to God. God does not will to be without us. God does not will that we should be without God. God is with us. Emmanuel, hope has come. Love has come. Peace has come. Joy has come. So how is that going to change you? Imagine Gabriel standing before you, telling you God is here. God has entered right into your own body, your own world, and is ready to reign as king. Because he is. He longs to be with you, to reign. He is among us. God wants to use you. And God loves you, specifically you, just as he specifically loved Mary. And all death, and sin, and pain, and addiction, and systemic evil, and evil that hides within each of us, none of that has to have the final say. For the king has come, and he is hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Church of Westchester podcast. If you have questions, want to connect, or are looking for ways that you can support God's work at this church, visit bcwc.org. And as you go, through whatever your day may throw at you, I want to share this blessing with you. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you in the wilderness, protect you in the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go and be the church.